welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest. Natalie Armstrong-Moton is the author of The Essential Guide to Marketing Your ADR Practice and a renowned speaker on successful marketing strategies in the resolution and legal industry. She and her company, Marketing Resolution, have designed and developed hundreds of business of businesses, development plans, and marketing strategies for private practice Practices, firms, educational institutions, authors, organizations, and associations around the world. Natalie has also held various prestigious positions, including Vice President of the Southern California Mediation Association, a member of the Board of London Club, and Vice Chair on the Marketing Committee for the American Bar Association's Dispute Resolution Section. She provides free marketing seminars on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and founded the Will Work for Food Initiative, raising over $300,000 for food banks worldwide. Natalie, welcome to the show. Hi, Lance. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Before we get into what you do now, I ask everybody sort of a question like this. Tell us how you got here. Are you from a family of entrepreneurs? The first, what, what led you on this journey? That's a really good question. The story of why is always fun. I am a second generation resolutionist. So my parents were um, in the real estate and development industries. My dad, architect, um, landscape architect and builder. And um, over the course of their careers doing that in the United States, you know, like a lot of people in the industry, they came across issues uh, with breach of contract or delivery or subcontractors, et cetera. And in a search for a better way to maintain those relationships, they learned about mediation and arbitration and how they could be applied, be applied to the design build industry. Um, and when, uh, when my dad went to Pepperdine University long before there was an LLM, way back in the, the you know covered wagon days, it was just a certificate course, uh, and he was just super excited about it. And he would talk about it at the dinner table. And one day he said, you know, we should teach other architects, engineers, contractors, subcontractors, et cetera, how to, you know, use mediation, how to use arbitration. We should teach them this language. And so they started um, and asked me to join them in the, the adventure of the Institute of Construction Management, which soon became the Institute for Conflict management. Hmm. And they trained thousands of people in the industry uh, about the art of mediation and arbitration, how it could be applied to their industries. My dad still sits on dispute review boards. Um, he's, you know, almost 80, but still quite active. Um, and I've been doing this for 27 years. And I just found that this is for me, the perfect combination of, of skill sets. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit. What, what, what are some of the key elements that you think every successful marketing strategy should include? Well, I think first and foremost, um, it's going to be a combination of what is, what is your authentic you, mm -hmm. uh, because people can sense when you're not being honest with them, even if it's just about really basic things like your personality. 
So I think you, you know, it requires a little self-awareness, but then it requires too a bit of sensitivity into who your primary, secondary, or even tertiary target market is. And you want your message to resonate best with them. So you have to not only understand the demographic, but you have to understand the psychographic of your audience and what they prefer. And once you can identify what those preferences are, you want then to create sort of two columns. This is their issue, their pain, their, their problem. This is the thing that keeps them up at night. And then you provide them with, I can help you with that. Here's an idea, here's a solution. Um, and always in your own personality. I love that. Uh, identifying the problem, you being the solution at the end of the day, it makes complete sense. And then using your authentic self in order to do that. Um, how how then do you think like architects and contractors could apply those those principles you just talked about to to their own practice? Like what what would their journey look like in starting to first identify? You know, is that working with somebody like you? Um, and then you know, on the back end too, again working with somebody like you to then formulate how those solutions are are presented. You know, you can you can always play to your strong suit. So if you're really good, Lance, at speaking publicly or writing articles or creating graphics for social media, um, it might be that you're really good at training. Whatever your strong suit is, you want to play to that, lean into that. That's your edge. And then, again, a little self-awareness, those things that you're maybe not so great at, yeah, absolutely outsource them because a lot of that can't be ignored. Um, so, for example, this is 2023. You just have to be on social media. Um, if you had a podcast or a YouTube channel, that would be a great benefit. Those two platforms are now, I guess, in essence, what we used to have in our front office lobbies with the old trifold brochures. This this is 2023. So you do need to be present in, in a digital way. And if that's not your comfort zone, go to YouTube, watch the tutorials, take a class, go to your community college you know, learn or outsource. What What would you tell people who have tried the social media uh, approach, uh, again, back in this industry, architects, contractors, that sort of thing, um, who are expecting instant results? Is, is the social, is it more about just having a presence versus instant results? I know speaking from our own experience, it seems like uh, that it was a, it's a false impression. We, we've had multiple social media managers. I'm not sure we've had like a, Oh, we just we started posting to Facebook, and all of a sudden we have all of these uh, uh, potential clients coming in. You know, is it a long game? What's your take on that? Oh, it definitely is a long game. You know, I, from time to time, I have somebody call and they'll say, "Hi, yeah, I need you to uh, create a video for me that will go viral." That's just not the way that it works. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, really the black swan of our existence. For most of us, being on social media is a little bit like being on a diet for the rest of your life, mm. for the rest of your career. And it just requires consistency and tenacity. Uh, again, if that is not your strong suit, outsource it. But what it requires is that we are consistent with our communication, our outreach, our connecting, our messaging, our posting, our true interaction on those platforms. Um, and it, you know, it's posting two, three, five times a week, even. But you know, your your audience are design professionals. So having the ability to go onto, for example, canva.com 
and creating a piece of design mm -hmm. work or using whatever software they've got available in their offices and lean into that artistic nature. I think that's a really, really good idea. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a long game. The other importance though of being on social media is the idea of social proofing. We all do mm -hmm. it. Social proofing is, um, you know, uh, I need, um, you know, a, a plumber near me, for example. So I type into Google plumbers near me and I look at the reviews and I look at your website and within seconds, I make a determination about whether or not you're truly a professional plumber or you're kind of a fly by night hobbyist. You know, I want to see that you really take this seriously. Well, the same is true for design services, build services, all of those kinds of services, exactly the same. It's social proofing. And when they put in your name, they type in Lance in the Google, they want to see your podcast, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your website. And if you don't occupy the, the first top half of that first page real estate on Google, you're missing a mark. Fantastic. Uh, can you explain the difference between, for people listening, obviously, the difference between mediation and arbitration, and then how each of those dispute resolution methods can be useful in the context of architects, contractors? Sure. So the, the very basic difference between mediation and arbitration is that in an arbitration, you hire essentially a private judge, and that uh, arbitrator will listen to the claimant's side of the story. They'll listen to the respondent's side of the story. They'll accept evidence. They'll accept you know everything that you want to submit. And then they make a determination. It usually is binding, and it has primarily to do with money. At the end of the day, there's something on a piece of paper with a dollar sign in front of it, and it reads, this person will pay this person. Right. In mediation, though, mediation is wherein you have a neutral third party help the two parties who are in dispute find for themselves a resolution that is uh, most reasonable and most durable for them and their situation. And it generally is a person who has substantial experience in that specialty. So mm -hmm. if you have a case that is about um, elastomeric paint um, and water intrusion, then you want to find a mediator whose resume somewhere in their list has experience with water intrusion cases, understands the chemical formula for elastomeric paint. You want to find those specialties because it will make it much more easy for you to communicate with that individual, to tell your story, to be heard, to be understood, and have them translate that across the hall to the other side. Sure. Makes sense. Which one, which one is more expensive typically and which one is most successful in your opinion? Uh, I'm going to say that they are both equally successful, but they are very different in personality types. They're going also to be somewhat similar in price. Um, also in issues of time, um, there, you can get a mediation scheduled in about the same amount of time as it takes to get an arbitration scheduled. Um, they're both very effective, very efficient. If what you're facing is a dispute, however, that involves someone whose relationship you value, mm -hmm. 
or whose reputation you know you you value or yours is is at risk it is sometimes better to go to mediation simply because it's a more consumer friendly version whereas in an arbitration you probably won't do a lot of talking your counsel will do a lot of the talking and tell your story so it's very similar to what most of us know about trials mm. what we've seen on tv etc um and there's a private judge so it's a lot of it is out of your hands. So it, it, both of those depend. You can, again, you can go to, to YouTube and see examples of both of those. Just search for them. And there are lots of different role plays available for you to watch. And so you can get a sense of what you prefer most. Got it. Got it. Uh, let's go back to marketing a little bit. What, what, what do you see since your dad was an architect? And it sounds like you, you are f very familiar with, uh, with architects and how they practice and, and you know how they're trying to gain clients and everything. What what are some of the most common mistakes you've seen architects make when it comes to marketing, and how, how do you think how can they avoid making those mistakes? Hopefully, by listening to the show, and and then build more successful practices. You know, I think that a lot of us—it's not necessarily a mistake, Lance. I think that a lot of us would hope that our skill set is so great that we can simply rely on word of mouth, mm -hmm. and. I, you know, I hesitate to say that that's, you know, the, the best method for a lot of us, it works really well. Um, and so marketing for design professionals can be a little bit different. The expectation put on design professionals is that your marketing is at a higher level. You're a professional artist. And so we expect mm -hmm. your marketing to be at a, a higher standard. Um, and so I think that for a lot of us, the mistake is that we assume it's going to be easy, that work will just come our way if we do a good job. And it, the, the truth is we have to remind people that we exist. Um, we have to provide people the right idea at the right time for it to be the right answer for them and thereby get the client. Sure. If someone is listening to this show and they are considering making the leap, qu quitting their job maybe even just got laid off uh, and they want to start their own architecture practice, what would you tell them the quickest way to find their target audience and then develop a marketing plan that effectively, effectively reaches their clients? The first thing I would recommend, Lance, is that they read business and entrepreneurship and marketing books and attend business marketing, entrepreneurship seminars and listen to this kind of podcast um, as a regular diet. Uh, because having the mindset of a business person who happens to specialize in the design arts is much different than an architect who's trying to build a practice. And it's not a word game. I'm not trying to play with you. It's the difference of a mindset. So that would be my first piece of advice. Um, secondly, I think that you have to remember um, the demographic and the psychographic that you're looking for. So if, if for example, you are looking for um, work doing um, tiny home designs in urban environments, then obviously you want to connect with those individuals who are either hitting retirement and downsizing or who are struggling to start up. And so sort of both ends of that generational spectrum, and you want to reach them where they are. So for the older generation, that's probably going to be Facebook. For the younger generation, that's either going to be on TikTok, Instagram, or even LinkedIn. So you pick the platform that your target market lives on. Even if it's not your preference, Lance, 
If they love Facebook, you need to get really good at Facebook. The same is true for the other platforms. You meet them where they are. And then through your posting strategy, you remind them in a very gentle way, here I am, this is what I do, this is how I do it, this is for whom I do it. And you just repeat the message over months and years. What do you, you talked about books and I always ask people if they bring up books. Do you have a, do you have like three you would recommend that people start out with um, that come top of mind? I'm going to go with one of the old standards, selling the invisible. Even though in the design industry, we usually end up with something tangible. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, the places in which our industry can do better in marketing um, is in the relationship build. Um, so it's not just the project build, it's a relationship. Your clients want to be heard by you. They want to be understood by you. And a lot of design professionals you know, are frustrated that, well, I don't know what to do for this client. They expect that I can just read their mind. Well, you know, that's a common complaint and and maybe not unfair. Um, And so then I'm going to suggest another book um, called Verbal Judo by George C. Thompson. Uh, Verbal Judo is 12 small phrases that all business people in the service industry and actually all, all people could learn very easily. It's an easy, fun read. And it allows you to frame questions in such a way that it elicits answers that are actually applicable to the situation. So that's a really good one. Um, And then I think um, for lots of us, um, what would be my third? Purple Cow, Seth Godin. Oh, interesting. That's a great marketing book. And a lot of it will be applicable and fun. Yeah. I love the verbal judo. I, uh, we read a book, uh, we try to read a couple books, at least one every year with the firm. And then we have these meetings, um, every Friday morning and talk about what we've learned. The last good one we read was a seven habits, um, book, a very famous one. And, uh, but I love this verbal judo because that, that's something I like that suggestion a lot. And maybe we'll add that to the list because I have employees, including myself, saying uh, uh, this client i feel like they expect me to read their mind and i wonder if that is if that has the toolbox that we have been looking for forever so well i definitely going to check that out even if it's just personally on that one appreciate that natalie that's my pleasure it's one of my favorites and then of course you know lance you could always uh, find free mediation programs again on youtube Um, look to see how mediators ask questions in yeah. mediation because we are we spend we spend dozens and dozens and dozens of hours learning how to phrase questions mm-hmm. learning how to reframe how to refine how to rephrase things it's really important those those questioning skills and then we also spend a lot of time learning how to listen to what people say or don't say and you know as a business person especially dealing with people, it's not always exactly what you ask or what you say, but it might be a matter of silence and how Mm. you use silence in that communication. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, So over back to social media, um, there's so many apps out there right now. If again, if this is somebody just listening to this and they're again, they're thinking about going off on their own is there a top three that you recommend? These are the ones you should be focusing on for your digital marketing channels. And then do you have any best practices in terms of like a posting schedule, what you should be posting, how often for those three? 
Sure. Let's break it down into two categories, Lance. If you are starting a business and you're going to be doing business with other businesses, so B2B work, then you need to be on LinkedIn. Uh, it is the largest, most dynamic of all the social media platforms that we have available to us as business people. So if it's a B2B transaction, definitely LinkedIn. If you're looking, though, to connect with just the general public as clients, um, people who are interested in getting a set of blueprints drawn up or whatever the case may be, then break it down uh, again by demographic. The older the client, you're going to be on Facebook. Younger clients are going to be Instagram, uh, TikTok, or YouTube. Always, though, consider, I, I really, really serious, always consider YouTube videos, even shorts um, or, or um, a podcast. As design professionals, I'm going to suggest YouTube video because we're in the art industry and everyone's going to want to see your product. They're going to want the walkthrough. They're going to want the introduction. They, they want the visual of what we do. Um, and then as for posting um, on LinkedIn, they, they don't necessarily knock your post down by any points. Um, if you post more than once a day, but they really want quality over quantity. So for LinkedIn, if that's the platform you choose for yourself, maximally you want to post once per day. Now, for a lot of people, that seems like a big ask. I understand that. Um, but if you put together a, a publishing um, calendar for yourself and think about what it is you're going to post, you'll quickly come up with lots of ideas. And the easier thing to do is to use curated posts as opposed to created posts. And a curated post is something that you find. It's an asset somewhere that you have found and you comment on it, you add to it, you respond to it. In that way, you don't have to create something every day. So you could create for yourself a publishing calendar of posting every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. And you want to post when people are most likely to look at your posts. Um, so that's probably for Americans going to be about 1030 and 330. So 1030 in the morning, 330 in the afternoon. And you post something that is of value to them, something that's of benefit to them, something that they can act upon, something they can appreciate. It could be humorous, it could be educational, but it's something for them. You get the marketing vig because you're the one that posted it. So anything you put up, you put your logo, your name, your photograph, et cetera. Uh, but there's no need to be heavy handed and advertise. You get the PR because you're the one that posted it. On the other platforms though, there seems to be no harm, no foul in posting all day, every day. You can post on Twitter every 30 seconds. They're not going to say anything at all about it. On your end, though, that's a, a huge amount of time mm -hmm. investment. So to, for most of my clients to make it easier, we sit down with them one half day per month. We lay out the plan. We have a strategy. We talk about everything we're going to post, everything we're going to talk about, and we lay it out in a half day. Then it's done, dusted, we move on. Got it. Lovely. Uh, let's move into your nonprofit work. So your work, uh, your will work for Food Initiative, it, it's raised significant funds for food banks worldwide. Can you talk about the inspiration behind that initiative? And uh, if people are listening and they want to get involved, how, how could they help support? Sure, absolutely. I'd love to. Willworkforfood.news is the uh, website. So go to willworkforfood.news. 
and you'll find all of the various upcoming programs. We have ambassadors, we've got CEOs, we've got lots of fascinating folks, and it runs a very wide spectrum from some, from very um, personal programming to very corporate programming. It just sort of depends on the week, but everybody can find something. We do record most of them and I do put them on YouTube. So you can go back and look at all of the recorded versions. Um, so for this audience, we did a whole program about the dispute resolution board uh, organization, DRBs, which are exactly where this group really could learn the most. But Will Work for Food was created, Lance, because when COVID hit, my husband, who's French, and I were in France, and the border closed around us. And like I think most people, we watched the news because we didn't know what was happening. And in France, the television reporting that we saw was mostly about these enormous long lines at food banks in the United States. And it hurt my feelings. I wanted to write a check and I wanted to make it better. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to fix it. And I can't, you know, I'm not even five foot two. I'm just one small person. I can't fix it for everybody. And at that exact moment, I was having to cancel in-person seminars because of COVID. Okay. And so I decided to switch them over to Zoom, make them online. I refunded everyone's money. And I just asked, I'm going to give you your money back. Would you do me a kindness and instead reinvest that money in your local neighborhood food bank. Help your neighbors, help your friends, help your family and, and invest in that way. So I did. And one of my colleagues said, well, hey, I've, I've got a similar situation. I'll cancel mine and let's do more. And at the time, it was so silly. We really thought COVID was only going to last for about sure. two months. Little did we know. Um, but but then it just, it grew and the audience grew. And so now it's um, about 57,000 people on the, the subscriber mailing list. We have the programs every Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Easter. Um, you can sign up for one. You can sign up for all of them. You can participate there live, or you can watch the recorded versions on YouTube. Each speaker um, is, you know, encouraged to name their personal favorite food bank. And if you have a dollar or more, donate it to that food bank or donate it to the food bank of your choice. And um, over time, these last, uh, our anniversary is May 16 coming up. That will be our three-year mark. And we've uh, collected now almost $400,000 in donations to food banks around the world. It's a, it's so much fun. Yeah, impressive. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, two last questions. I was running up on the half hour here, Natalie, is, and I ask everybody these questions. So knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time when you first started your business, what is one piece of advice you'd give your former self? I think that... If I were talking to my 23-year-old self now, I would say to her, um, don't, don't take any clients that make you unhappy. As an entrepreneur, you never want your Pavlovian response to an email or a notification or a ringing phone to be, Ugh, oh, I hope it's not that person. <laughs> oh, I hope it's not that client. As an entrepreneur, you really want to be careful about who you hire as a client, who you have on your client roster and be strong enough to say no to some of the work that people want you to do. I know it's, it's hard. We are all inclined to say yes to all of the work mm -hmm. that comes our way, but I'll tell you what, the gratification you get from having the right client roster makes it all worthwhile.
Sage advice. Sage, sage advice. I love that. Uh, Natalie, last one. Where can people, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to follow you, if they want to find you on YouTube, watch your lovely seminars, LinkedIn, wherever, where can people find and follow you? You can go to my website, which has a horrible domain name. It is howtomarketmymediationpractice.com. Um, so how to market my mediation practice.com. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn. Um, you can find me on YouTube. Just type in my name and uh, uh, the Google magic will take you right to any of my websites and we'll work for food.news. If you want to uh, watch or, or suggest a topic for any of those. Beautiful. There you go, everybody. Well, Natalie, thanks so much again for your time today. Uh, very insightful. We appreciate uh, all your words of wisdom and uh, we hope you, hope you hope for nothing but the best from you. Thank you, Lance. I really appreciate your time. 